This is the Squared Goal Podcast with Mark Morris and Jared Maruyama. Welcome to another episode of the Squared Co. Podcast. I am your host, Mark Morris, and with me again, Mr. Jared Mariyama. Hello, Jared. Hello. Very direct. I love it. No nicknames, no no goofing around, jumping right into it. <laughs> I, I always, even now, you know, this is a little bit different. We had a, a hiatus, and I mm. do like kind of the same intro every single time. Yeah. I still like want to say something stupid and ridiculous at the at the top, but sometimes it just happens too quickly and I can't think that quick. Um, the, but anyways, the pressure of doing something consistently like that is very difficult, right? Like, right. It's a lot of pressure to come up with something clever every time and people know well, it's you, coming and then it's judgy. Yeah. You're actually the one who started it by trying to give me a different Mark name or oh, that's play right. on Mark in the, like the very, very first episodes See? of yeah. Yeah. this podcast. And, and then I tried to catch up and be cool. Once yours kind of dropped off, I picked up the slack and now we're both just being lazy with it. Yeah. It is interesting to see who still calls me shorts guy though. So, Oh, I love that. You actually, yeah. Okay, so before we get into this episode, I wanted to say that, you know, obviously we're in a weird time right now, and most of our episodes have been kind of a recap of our lives uh, and what we've been up to because we're in quarantine right now, and there's not a lot of dramatic changes from the day to day. I wanted to figure out a way that we can have regular episodes and not just say the same thing or that, oh, I haven't done anything new. So we came up with some relatively simple questions that we're going to address and ask each other every episode here uh, and just give you guys an update as to what's going on with Jared and myself during this quarantine. Yeah, it's nice though. It's it's a nice way to stay in touch, right? Like I think that's what we're mm-hmm. all doing right now, especially you're either so like me in my case, I'm by myself, so it's nice to to talk to people. I've been doing more podcasts now than I think ever before it feels like. Um and then um but then for people who have family or other things like that, maybe it's a nice way to retreat and, and to talk to somebody else other than your family. So I don't know. We'll have to get that perspective on here because I have no idea what that feels like in these weird times. So for the most part, it'll just be Jared and I. I don't know. We haven't actually discussed bring on guests, but I'm gonna try and do this weekly and this will be the new format for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to announce what the questions are ahead of time or Uh, just kind of get into it? I think we should just get into it. I mean, it'll make itself clear. So this is kind of a, I mean, I know this wasn't deliberate, but, uh, Andy Richter has a podcast literally called the three questions Oh, where his podcast is based off of asking the same three questions to his guests. Obviously it's not like question one, answer one, you know, they go off into kind of telling that individual story and right, they go right. off on tangents and whatnot. So this is, it's a similar concept where this is like the basis of our, this, this new format during quarantine times. I haven't been listening um, to the Andy Richter one. I have been listening to the Conan one, which is really very good. Um, mm-hmm. I really like that one. Have you been listening to that? It's, 
so for me, the, a lot of the times when I would listen to uh, podcasts is during drives. And obviously, uh, we're not really driving very frequently right now. Uh, and even when I do, you know, it's just a quick drive to the supermarket and back. So I'm not, I haven't been listening to too many. But yeah, the, the Conan one is definitely one that I was into. But I haven't listened to many podcasts as of late. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I stick to a, a, like a core bunch of them. And then um, every now and then if there's a recommendation, I'll check it out. But like, you know, just like our own podcast, a lot of them are very rambly. So if I'm not like if I don't like jive with their personality right away or think that they're really funny, I, mm-hmm. I tend to lose interest or I find that I'm not listening and, um, you know, not paying attention anymore. It just depends. And then a lot of it. And again, this is I, you know, myself included, if I can't stand their voice. I can't, I can't. There's an NPR voice that I just can't stand. It's like a news voice. You know, it's very mm, like, mm-hmm. like they're doing a voice, their news voice. Right. I hate it. I can't stand it. I so. definitely have one, but I don't know if it's too dramatically different than my normal speaking voice, but no. I try to play up a little bit more as we hit record. I actually, For me, podcasting, like listening to a podcast is difficult because I get so involved in the like what is being said Mm. that it's hard for me to do anything else. So a lot of people will like work with a podcast in the background and it's either I'll listen to the podcast and not do the work or I'll do the work and not listen to the podcast. (laughs) It's like a it's a very passive, I don't know, media form or form of entertainment, but Mm. It's not like TV where you're listening to it and watching it. it. I feel like it would be really awkward if I just literally sit on the couch and listen to a podcast. Well, I think if All, you were doing like a mindless task, like 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 putting pins on backers, maybe something like that. Right. You know, yeah, like if yeah. you're, you're getting something done or doing the dishes, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Nothing but time. There's um. So actually, I lied semi-lied okay we in the last episode i mentioned that i was doing work for stitcher which Mm -hmm. is a podcast uh it's like a platform and app i'm sure you're all familiar with it where you can listen to different podcasts and they also produce their own podcasts but because we started doing some work for them i wanted to get more familiar with their own produced uh shows so i had actually checked out uh, Mark Marin's podcast and a few others, um, just so I could get more. Uh, I don't know, understand what their their shows were all about. That's the first time you listened to Mark Marin. That was the first time. <laughs> oh my goodness! He's it's like you know, so him and Joe Rogan have like uh. some of the most popular uh, podcasts. They're like always on the top of the the charts for yes. so to speak for podcasting. Yeah, I don't know what I, I just never really had a I don't know a calling to either one of those. I think those are the perfect examples of it's less about the guest or the topic; it's more about the host. If you like the host, you you want to see how they'll navigate mm-hmm. whatever is on the episode. I like Mark Marin. Um, there's a sameness to every episode, which is sort of comforting, and yet sometimes can be mm-hmm. boring if the guest isn't great. But he's always funny. I do not like Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my like. Yeah. He's, I, I, so it's not even necessarily that I like Rogan, but one thing that I think, in my opinion, that he does well is like he at least tries to be kind of middle of the road. So mm. no matter who the guest is, 
he'll entertain like he won't talk down to them he'll let them have a voice without you know making them feel stupid or uh, inserting his opinions too strongly uh i guess <laughs> he's a pretty opinionated guy though i think that might he be He definitely the is but i think I he don't, puts the i don't know this is definitely both of us have our own opinions on this one. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, I don't, I don't think he's bad at what he does. No, I just, it's not my thing, right? right. Like, I don't think it's my, uh, I'm not his audience, in other words. So, no, <laughs> I don't, I don't mean like I'm anti Joe Rogan at all. No, not at all. But I mean, think of how many other things out there that you don't, <laughs> that you feel like that's not my, you know, I'm not the right. audience for that thing. So, so even like something like uh, Tiger King, I am just, I don't. <laughs> I know everybody's watching this thing and everyone's talking about it. And I'm and I'm curious from from that perspective, just because it's kind of so popular. Um, but I just can't get myself to watch it. Maybe so I watched it. I <laughs> yeah. totally watched it. And to be completely honest, I don't think it was like produced or put together particularly well. Mm. The thing that drew me in was this cast of characters like yeah. it, these are just the most unbelievable like crazy over the top cast of characters that you just i i want to see more of these crazy ass people yeah. um it, it's such a bizarre story in itself and then you throw these over the top characters into the mix and it's just it's super entertaining Okay, well, um, if we it, run out of stuff, maybe we'll I'll watch and I'll force <laughs> myself to watch and make content. Uh, then. For but OK, thing. so that's a good segue into the first question that I'll ask, which is what did you watch? So, mm. uh, you know, you can interpret that however you want if you want to talk about sure. a lot of things or just one. But let's go ahead and start there with what did you watch, Jared? Uh, Oh, I get to go first. Uh, you I'm get watch, to go. I'm watching more TV than I ever have. I, I'm not. I a, think everybody is. Yeah, right now. for sure. But it's like um, before, I, I just wasn't watching a lot of Netflix and stuff. Or I'd, um, you know, I'd be concerned about getting too into something because then it takes up all of your time. Um, so while work has hasn't really slowed up for me, but I am staying up extremely late. <laughs> Uh, and I'm waking up later than I normally do too. So I tend to watch it at night when I'm pretending to sleep or trying to sleep, um, which I know isn't good. Everyone probably starts. How, let me just jump in real quick. How does yeah. one pretend to sleep? Pretend Especially, so you're by yourself. Who are yeah. you pretending for and how is that working out for you? Well, it's like, you know, when you, like when you know you have to get up early. So uh -huh. you go through the motions of like, okay, I have to be in bed by you know, 11 o'clock tonight or midnight, even if that's more sure. of an adult time. So then you go through <laughs> all the motions and you're trying to get yourself ready. And so maybe you say, well, okay, I'm not going to drink caffeine after this time or something. So you do all this stuff and then you get in bed and then you just lay there. And so, but I feel like that's pretending to sleep. You know, I'm not closing my eyes. And, and uh, that's such a to... funny term. I have never heard that before. I had to have you expand on that a little bit. <laughs> so that's what I mean. But thank you for emphasizing that I am alone. Um, let's see. <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, what have I been watching? Um, I've been catching up on a lot of stuff. Um, so Terrace House, which I've mentioned on this show before, mm -hmm. new season. It's not a new season, but they keep releasing new episodes. Been watching that. Still really like that. The hard part I find with that and with some of these other shows is when it's um, subtitled, which I don't mind subtitles, but you have to pay attention. Oh, you, yeah. You can't. Like, it's even yeah. hard to eat dinner and watch that because you have to read the screen. And if you miss something, you really miss something, you know. Um, so that I have to like 
actually focus on. So that tends to be the stuff I'll watch when I'm in bed or uh, getting ready for bed. Where do you stand on? I know a lot of people have really strong opinions about uh, dubbed versus subbed. Mm. Um, you know, I think it's a it's a big issue with people who are into anime mm-hmm. um, because they're notorious, at least in history, for having really bad English dubs. Um, but I think they've done a really good job, at least since I've been watching anime as like getting good English voice actors. But would you have an opinion on like watching a foreign film or foreign anything and it being dubbed versus versus um, subtitles? Yeah, I would agree with you. The, the process has gotten a lot better, a lot smoother, a lot more like mm-hmm. uh, not so jokey like it was when we were young and we'd watch imported stuff where they really didn't. You know, when we were younger, uh, the imported stuff, like they almost recrafted the story just to suit, you know, an American audience or something like that. So it wasn't even a direct translation. It's like, right. uh, Americans won't get that, so we'll say it's this instead. <laughs> so I always prefer subtitles. Like, especially with Japanese stuff for me personally, or, um, there's a rhythm to it, and it feels more, like, authentic when you hear, like, how the thing was written. I don't know. It's almost like um, it's almost like music or something like that to hear it. And then I can just read the the subtitle and get the sense. But like with the, I think with a lot of the Studio Ghibli stuff, there's something really awkward about it. Like it's such a Japanese looking format to see these characters talking with such American voices to me. It's just like when you see a Disney movie gone the other way, right? When you see the dub of the foreign Disney film, it looks odd. It looks strange. It looks like that's not, like they're not talking. Um, so that's how I feel about it. So I always will go with the subtitled with the original language. Mm. You don't like I subtitles. Think, so I think that is a great answer. And it, me it just being the a, answer. a spoiled yeah. American. I um, So honestly, it's I understand what you're saying. But reading a subtitle as, you know, I saw, um, what was the big one? Parasite, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful movie. Luckily, there wasn't a ton, a ton of dialogue, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you could keep up relatively easily. Going back to the anime, I feel like any sort of animation is such a visual uh, medium mm-hmm. that you want to pay attention to what's on screen. And reading, going down from reading and up to the what's on screen, at times it, you do miss some things. So mm-hmm. I, if the dub is good uh i would rather have a good english dub versus having to read subtitles yeah i don't know like i i see your your point on that too like so it's always when i first sit down to watch the subtitles especially in the theater for some reason for tv it seems easier to read subtitles and get the whole image Mm -hmm. when you have that big screen i think when i saw that uh mary and the witch's flower Mm -hmm. uh, back i think that was probably the last thing i saw was with subtitles in the theater I, I do get that where you're looking down and looking up, looking down and looking up. But eventually I relax into it where I feel like I'm I am seeing the whole thing. So you take something like the Princess Mononoke uh dub. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, that was a I think that was a Disney one where they had a big cast of, of famous people that took over the roles. So they had Billy Bob Thornton play this character who in Japanese terms was like a country character, right? Like a I don't know, just regionally. But they give right. that Billy Bob Thornton Southern accent because that's kind of the <laughs> the equivalent here. But it just looks so 
odd and weird. Like all I can hear is Billy Bob Thornton. I can't like distinguish it. It's like the Lion King stuff. The recent Lion mm-hmm. King, I, it doesn't look like those animals are talking to me. Like I, I, you know, I get what they're doing, but it's like those old talking animal movies where, where like yeah. the talking baby ones where the mouths didn't move, they would just <laughs> talk over the babies doing stuff. That's how I feel about that. So that's the kind of effect I get with a lot of these dubs. But, um, you know, I know a lot of people don't like subtitles. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people just say that because it's they like to have that strong stance. I don't know if they really necessarily are that outraged or feel like it shouldn't be dubbed, but I mean, mm. not that it ultimately matters. It just depends. Like for that Mary and the is. Witch's Flower, if I'm going to the theater, I will. I waited for the the one that was um, subtitled and not mm. dubbed. So, you know, I mean, I will go out of my way to if it's available or something, or I won't buy the DVD if it doesn't have that track on it. So, mm. you know. I will watch the other. I think like my neighbor Totoro was only available as a dub for for many years here. So I kind of got used to that one. So you're going to this is I'm really interested to this hear your reaction to what I watched or what I'm obviously there's like an endless amount of things that I've consumed during this quarantine, especially since we're starting this new format of the podcast like six weeks in. I could pick you know, anything I've been watching for the past month or so. Right. Um, right. But what I decided to share with everybody is I watch on Disney Plus, which everybody loves. Everybody loves (laughs) The Mandalorian. (laughs) This is so... Okay, I'll just go jump right into it. I watched Home on the Range. Uh, For the first time? First time. So I actually remember I was in high school when this came out. I know you love those references. I do. And I remember seeing the previews and trailers for this. And I've always loved animation and I've kind of almost gone out of my way to see most Mm -hmm. animated movies in theaters. Right. I remember seeing this and being like, no, (laughs) why would I? I don't get it. So now that we have Disney Plus, you know, you have all of these Disney movies that you can watch relatively easily. Um, mm-hmm. And I have to say, so I loved the the look of it. Like it was, I like really yeah. angular characters. Um, it's It was one of the last major Disney movies that was uh, traditionally animated. They yes. did have some 3D elements in there. But for, you know, for the most part, it was a traditionally animated mm-hmm. movie, which was great. Um, but I just, it's so bizarre to me that they chose a Western with cows as the main characters. Like, they did the best they could to make them fun and cute, but they're still cows, which not a lot of people are like, they don't look at a cow and have the same admiration as almost any other animal, but like, Mm. you know, a dog or a common household pet. Yeah. It was a really bizarre choice and it was hard for me to really get behind it. And again, I think a Western in the early 2000s is also kind of a weird choice, Mm. Um, especially in like a a kid-friendly format. Uh, I know there's Westerns come out like all the time and I don't think there was an exception during that period either, but... Having a cow-driven movie, it just was bizarre to me. Yeah. Um, 
Well, there's a there's a lot of problems with this film. But I, <laughs> so I would agree, though. I really liked the look. There was something sort mm-hmm. of classic Disney about the look. It looked more like the shorts than the features, um, like the kind of the 50s, 60s Disney shorts. Um, so I really liked that, like the way they designed that rabbit. It's a kind of a weird part for that rabbit. But um, <laughs> I liked the way... Um, yeah, I like the way they drew. It was very extreme on the cows. It, it stood out the most, I think, on the cows, the angular, the very sharp angles. Right. Um, the story was a little meh, you know, like, mm-hmm. eh. And then the, um, like, to me, it felt like a short, like it could have been a great short. Like, had that been like a 20-minute thing yeah. or something they did? It definitely felt like it could have fit within a like a 30-minute uh, episode of something. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but... I'm trying to think. Like, I didn't hate it. I remember watching this in the theater because I'd say this was around 2004, five. Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah, right around there. But it was just very like for it to be considered kind of the last 2D thing they did. I mean, I know they went back and they did like Princess and the Princess, Frog and yeah. Winnie and the Pooh, Winnie and the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh. Um, so you know, it's all that kind of stuff that was after the fact. But I think that mm-hmm. one was very much like this was the last one, and it was kind of sad that that was the way they were going to go out. Um, but there are some good things in it. It is kind of funny and, and it's cute. There's a lot of like cute characters in it. And the farm stuff is really charming. I think it's just overall, the overall thing doesn't kind of come together in, in right. any sort of satisfying way. Um, it's interesting, though. I was able to talk to the director of this film. Uh, and it Will would be, Finn, right? Yeah. yeah. And it would be fantastic to get these guys to be able to talk about like just very bluntly, like I don't know if enough time mm-hmm. has passed now, but for them to just tell, like he's very forthcoming about stuff and how the production went and stuff and what he liked about it and what he had problems with and stuff. And to me, that stuff is just so fascinating. Like, mm-hmm. especially with these Disney films where they just become part of this bigger library of stuff. It's always neat to hear the individual stories about it. Um, and that to me is more interesting sometimes in the film itself, uh, especially at that period of the studio. So Um, It's interesting too, like, so you said movies kind of fall into the library, um, but there are some that they kind of try and hide. So the Black Cauldron is definitely one. And then Bolt is another one that jumps out to me. Like, Mm. I almost forgot that was a Disney movie. That was early in the shift of uh, going like to computer animated instead of traditionally. Um, I think that was one of the early ones and i could be wrong on this but it was at the turnover when lassiter came on i think that was one of the first ones that he worked on uh, on the disney side of things Mm -hmm. um so i know like again that one was another one where it was sort of supposed to be the symbol of like the transition i know there was like meet the robinsons i think before that and everything um but sort of getting this idea that in addition to pixar disney would also be doing uh, 3D, right. 3D stuff. Bolt is, there's some good things about Bolt though. I really, it's one of those things that it, it doesn't upset me. Bolt doesn't make me angry, you know, like Black mm. Cauldron is frustrating because it's just, <laughs> it's really, there's so many problems with Black Cauldron, but I don't feel that way about Bolt. Like I don't like Travolta as the voice of Bolt. It seems weird to have his voice in that cute puppy dog. Right. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I like Bolt. I saw that and I think I've seen all of them in the theater. I don't think I've, other well, have, but I don't want to say which one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. There's most of them that came out in my life. I'd say I did see in theaters. 
there are a few exceptions, obviously, but uh, I mean, Home on the Range. I just said. Did you there see Brother Bear? Did you see the ones in the in that era? I saw Brother Bear. I I don't have a big problem with that one either. That one's kind of boring. It was a little flat i guess yeah beautifully animated and stuff oh yeah but just um all right so we can scratch that one off um yeah that one we'll that that one will have no problem we could probably do whole shows on what we watch so (laughs) yeah um so the next one is what did you eat so i'll go first because the thing that i chose to talk about what i ate is something that i know you ate as well because Uh. i got this from you so in our last episode, we shared that Jared and I both celebrated birthdays during quarantine. Yes. So I went over to drop off a gift for Jared, yes. and he had already had a box of cupcakes that <laughs> he was struggling, surprisingly, struggling to finish on his own. Yes. It was only a dozen cupcakes. Come a on, Jared. A dozen cupcakes, though. But like... <laughs> My friend, I have a friend that always, she's always so good about birthdays and I'm terrible about birthdays. And so it's like, <laughs> every time I get these gifts, it's like, it's so you just sweet. feel guilty. Yeah. And then you feel completely guilty. And hers is before mine, like right before mine. So then you're just like, it's oh, too late. Yeah. <laughs> crap. Um, but yeah, so a dozen uh, cupcakes from Sprinkles and they're, so they're, they're big cupcakes. Mm-hmm. I swear, cup, uh, Sprinkles cupcakes, like 90% frosting. But uh, yeah, so I was glad I was able to to give those up because I wasn't going to freeze them or anything. Did you freeze yours? I did. And I actually just had another one this morning. <laughs> How did you thaw it, though? Uh, you just leave it out? Or? So, yeah. So I froze it. And then last night I put it in the fridge. So mm. by morning time, it's still or it's like ready to eat. So it wasn't all dry or anything? No. So... I, I listened to you and I've heard a a few other people say this, but if you want to like maintain the integrity of the cupcake without it getting super hard and dry, you have to wrap the entire case or box with, um, not the plastic wrap. Yeah. I guess that. And, um, so I did that after I ate a few the day you gave them to me and then I put it in the freezer and then this morning I tried it again. Which one did you have this morning? Uh, red velvet pretty good that i think that was my favorite one of the bunch yeah. actually yeah so the issue that i have with these is the frosting like it's not even the amount it's that it's like it overpowers the thing so like to me a good cake or cupcake when you take a bite of the actual cake and the frosting it blends together almost <laughs> seamlessly <laughs> Yes. Like it's, it's, it just, it goes together and as you chew, right, they complement right. each other in a really good way. This cupcake, like the cake is great. The frosting is great, but for some reason they don't, they didn't mesh well together for me, in my opinion, at least. Hmm. I know Sprinkles is a very popular brand of cupcake. Um, and I don't know, to me it just... Didn't didn't work as well as I had hoped. Yeah. Um, especially after like seeing so many people eat them and it kind of I don't know if in my head it got built up to something bigger than it was or my expectations were too big. But my favorite cupcake, I think this is a local thing. This is a SoCal thing mm. is I think I may have shared this with you before. Um, Susie cakes. Have you ever uh, had yeah. a Susie cakes yeah. cupcake? Yes, right. Those well, ones, you guys, you guys always have. Susie I cakes. love the. They have the mini ones, which you say, can eat yeah. in like a bite. Yeah, which is great because this is the same reason I like the mini Reese's pieces. 
Mm. You get the perfect ratio of cake and frosting. So you get that all in one bite. And to me, that's the perfect <laughs> ratio. Like the mini Reese's peanut butter cups, you get the perfect ratio of chocolate to peanut butter in one bite. Oh, the mini, the mini cups. Not, not the mini, mini ones, because now they have like tiny, no, tiny No, 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 those are like baking for baking. Right, the, yeah. there's the original minis, which are individually wrapped, not yeah, the... Yeah, 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 yeah. So you like that, because those seem like more chocolate. Is that, no? It's like a like a thicker chocolate on the smaller It's ones. definitely thicker, but I don't know. To me, it's, yeah. I don't, when I eat them, the normal size Reese's, I don't... They're the, softer. There's a different texture. It's, yeah. It's yeah, a, yeah. It seems like a different candy almost. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Weird, but interesting. So <laughs> when I was eating the, um, the, the cupcakes, the, um, the sprinkles cupcakes, I, I'm such an old person about it. Like I cut it into fourths. <laughs> so I didn't just like peel the thing off and like start eating it from the side. Like I had to cut it because otherwise you got just too much frosting or, or you, you know what? Something that actually like, may have made a difference in yeah. my opinion because it's difficult to eat that because those are pretty large cupcakes yeah. and, the, and the top part extends over so yes. much. Yes. That you can't really get a decent sized bite, you know, without having either too much frosting or too much cake. Yeah. Like so maybe that was the problem. The yeah. I got to eat that. it with a fork and a knife. Which I know. Which people just hate. seems blasphemous to me for a cupcake. It's like eating pizza with a fork and knife. Everyone goes nuts and acts like you're so proper or something like that. But for those, <laughs> it was. And then like with um, the sprinkles, but I, I felt even panicked to eat six of them. So I was like, oh, I want to try, I want to try each one of these. I don't want to eat mm. one whole flavor. So uh, I did that. But um, I did actually get through all six. I did not freeze. <laughs> oh, you, congratulations. I get panicky with my cheat days. And I'm like, oh, I better eat this all this weekend. I better eat all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you do it all in one day? No, I did it. Because those, I, I don't. Two days, three days. I did it over three days. So I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, but I tried to do a eating challenge in my past. And during the training, like, I don't want to get too much into it, but you can like before your stomach feels full. Mm -hmm. So you, your, your brain has to tell your stomach that it's full and in order for you to stop eating basically, but mm -hmm. you can consume food quick enough that you're, it, the food fills your stomach before your brain tells you you're full. Right. right. Very American. Yeah. I, uh, I, I scarfed down two full cupcakes when you gave them to me before that set in. So like, you know, I ate them pretty quick and then maybe five <laughs> minutes later I was like, Oh, that was a bad idea. It yeah. just felt so heavy and like, super full in the worst of ways yeah it was fun going in and then it was just sat in my stomach there but I, i'm like heavy. that with certain foods like i'd imagine you're like that like i don't know is it the same with cookies because cookies you can really it doesn't hit as hard those cupcakes that's a lot of like sugar right. like like a lot of sugar in that frosting uh, another cookies, issue like i feel like you can kind of do non like if they're just out like you can just pound them easily those, I don't feel as heavy with those. And I feel like I eat those at a more reasonable pace. Yeah. yeah. So another food that I get hit with um, is pizza. So yeah. like I'll eat pizza quick and then it'll just hit me. And that's bad too because it's so doughy. And then the cheese in there that's all like really heavy and greasy foods. It's I, absolutely yeah. delicious. But once it does hit your stomach, it's uh, – yeah. 
that was the food that I did my food challenge on. Pizza? So, yeah, it was like a it was a 30-inch pizza oh, or even more. And I think it's like it's a 10-pound, 30-inch pizza, and you could do it with a friend. So you don't have to eat the entire thing. But oh, you have good. An, an hour to eat it with your partner of choice. Five pounds each. Okay. I, yeah. I got really close to finishing my half. My partner like not even. I was in, so pissed that he didn't pull his weight. Because I feel like if he had been closer, I could have forced myself to finish oh. the last bit. But I probably, and this is not exaggerating. If, the, if half this pizza was five pounds... I probably had four and a half pounds of I, pizza. Uh, I can't. It, uh. And that was another thing where like it came in waves. So like yeah. I ate maybe like the first three pounds in like 20 minutes. And then the last pound or pound and a half took the additional 40. Uh, uh, and then at that, like an hour after that, I couldn't move. Like That's it, awful. It was a terrible feeling. <laughs> I don't, so yeah, like, I don't like food challenges like that where there's like a time limit or like you got to do mm-hmm. something like that. Like I can, I can eat a lot of stuff in the privacy of my own home and feel, <laughs> <laughs> feel shamed uh, about it on my own. Like my thing tends to be like just a variation on that. Like where you have a pizza and whenever I get pizza, I always have to get a too big pizza because I don't want to <laughs> not have leftover pizza, right? You have to have <laughs> leftover pizza. So it could be like two of us. And I'm like, what, extra large? No, two? Should we get two? You know, <laughs> <laughs> That's always a difficult thing too. So like when I have uh, guests over, or yeah. you, you know, you, you, pizza is always the easy thing. But figuring out to order, figuring out what the right amount is, is impossible. Yep. Yep. It's always, it never fails. It's always way too much or way too little. There's never like a comfortable middle but, ground. But the difference between that is huge. Way too much pizza. No one's mad. No one's upset if there's way too much pizza. Right. People will take it home. You can eat it for like, like a day like whatever. a week yeah. because you'll justify whatever you want to finish pizza. Uh, but if there's too little pizza, or if you go somewhere, there's like six of you, and someone orders one pizza because they don't eat anything, and you're just like, I'm so uncomfortable. I'm so like, oh my god. Oh, I won't have any pizza. I'm good. I'm good. I'll just eat the cheese packet. You know, like <laughs> just biting your nails off. Yeah. Not enough food makes me so uncomfortable. So, um, yeah, always err on the side of too much pizza. <laughs> uh, so, okay, did you have something you wanted to share with eating or are, you, are we going to share the sprinkles? Um, no, I was going to say the only thing I did that was worth mentioning, I think, other than random junk, is uh, I got one of those uh, – produce box subscriptions oh come on they, man we don't want to hear about vegetables <laughs> we got to have a little balance to uh, your cupcakes and okay pizza. fine fine um because that's been the only thing for me going to the store like i'm only going to the store really for for produce like the other stuff you can get in freeze like uh, right. proteins and stuff like that or, or canned stuff if you want um so i'm i'm risking my life every time just to go get fresh vegetables so mm-hmm. i thought i'd give this a try i think it's way too expensive for what you get you know you wouldn't spend this much on the produce you bought at the store so it's more of a convenience thing and a stock yeah. thing like i've been going and finding that there's like literally nothing in the grocery store um so i just I thought i'd try this to take the pressure off that's good I haven't had any issues going like with a grocery store being out of stock, at least. So let's see, I've probably gone to maybe three, I think three times. Do you get the same thing every time 
produce wise um, or do you try to mix it up? No, I, I probably get the same core thing. So it's like broccoli, spinach. Broccoli, yeah. God, I can't even think. Do you like salad, like lettuce stuff or? Uh, no lettuce, just spinach. I'll do kale. The yeah. issue with like all of this produce stuff though is, you know, it goes bad within a yes. week. Yes, so that's what you can't stockpile. You Right. So there may be, yeah, you can't hoard it like you can the toilet paper and other mm. stuff. The Yeah, so it, it sucks because you can only eat so much before it goes bad and then you you have to go right back to the store. So What do you do with your spinach? Do you eat it like a salad thing or do you like cook it down? Oh, the nothing? great thing about spinach is there's once you you can mix it with almost any food and it doesn't take over the taste. That the taste. Yeah. So and it shrinks down tremendously. Oh yeah, so, that whole bag goes to nothing. Yeah, it yeah. turns into nothing. So you can either like saute it or create your own just solo spinach dish as a side. <laughs> um, what I normally do though, is because I'm a lazy cooker, I'll just stir fry everything. So I'll throw mm. a bunch of random things together, and then that's my meal for X days or whatever so oh, oh, it'll be like okay. uh trader joe's has pre-packaged uh and pre-cooked meatballs mm-hmm. so i can do like and they also have awesome pre-cooked that's frozen um gnocchi little like gnocchi balls so i'll cut up the meatballs and cook the gnocchi and then throw in some spinach and like that's a a meal mm. i do like super low <laughs> Not maintenance, but like just really simple dishes like that. But you meal prep then? You you make a lot ahead of time and then have uh, it first not few necessarily days? like on purpose. It's just yeah. if you use these bags, it's I mean it yeah. would be impressive if you ate it all in one go. <laughs> right, 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 right. So at least it's like worth the meals for the day, if not you know three or four meals total. I think that's one of the big. Differences of like living with people, either with a family or, or a significant other, or something like that. Like that, that sort of help. I think more things are geared towards that, like food portioning. I, mm-hmm. I find like most of the stuff I can't get through on my own fast enough. So I, I'm always looking for like little things, you know, like a little sour cream because I won't get through a oh, big yeah. sour cream or like, you know, like if you make tacos or something like that, you have like so a much shitload stuff. of meat. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. yeah, so it's, you have to have it for like three days and then you start getting worried about it. But uh, yeah, so I'm always trying to find like simple things that I can do quickly. And like, I don't know, I just hate going to the grocery store so much now. Like I'm, I'm so bought into the pandemic fear panicky thing. Like <laughs> I'm, I hate it. Like going to Target, it's right across the street here, but it just terrifies me. Like I'm so anxious in there. Like, like I saw a woman in Target the other night. Uh, she like literally pulled down her mask to cough. I'm like, that is, <laughs> that is opposite. That is opposite of what you're supposed to do. Uh, so I'm like, see, that, those are the people out there making terrible decisions. And I'm just walking <laughs> in their cloud of virus. Uh, that's funny. That's Ugh. actually funny to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's funny is like I watched her do uh, it. It's like she didn't hide away to do it. She's just like right there shopping, pulls it down. That's out of cough and kills half the store. Uh, anyway. So the right. last question that we have is, what did you do? And again, these are loosely interpreted. Um, I'll go first with this one. What did I do? I started, so you've been to my house. You know, I have what I call the dungeon, which is mm. like one relatively larger, medium-ish sized room down on our lowest level. Yeah. Um, and 
I want to turn this currently. It's just housing a bunch of my junk. It looks like, like storage. storage. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a storage unit. So I started cleaning that up and preparing it to be one day. Uh, hey, I don't like this term, but like I'm a recording studio. So mm. right now I'm in a different like corner of the house where I have my computer set up. I want to turn the downstairs dungeon area into my work studio workspace where I will record and assuming this podcast continues, I won't be embarrassed to invite somebody over for a live recording. I can mm. have this little studio space that's cleaned up and fun uh, to host an actual live recording. Uh, all right. So what did you do? Mm, so I wanted to talk about this and I wanted to ask you about this too. So I started running since the gyms are closed mm-hmm. and I think the gym should probably be one of the last things to come back because they're so disgusting. <laughs> um, but since the gym's closed, I started running on the street, which I never do. I've always done treadmill stuff because I always... It's like, I don't like that feeling of running on pavement, but I got to do something. So that's been um, what I've been doing to sort of make up for not going to the gym every day. I did get some weights and some like uh, bands and stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to get over that awkwardness of working out at home. Like I get all embarrassed about myself working out. That, that's so dumb. Like, I okay, know, I know. I think it's dumb for people to use that as an excuse at the gym, but that's yes. understandable to at some level because there are actually people there. Now, yeah. I would say nobody gives a shit about the person next to you while you work out. That's true. Sometimes, sometimes. But um at home you do not have that excuse so i know you're being ridiculous i think yes. you know that yes of course um, all of this is ridiculous <laughs> you just ate five pounds of pizza so i <laughs> i understand ridiculous uh, but um yeah so i just have to like i think because like the bands it feels more uh like i have to read the thing and figure out how am i supposed to do the thing whereas on the machines and stuff it seems more clear cut like Right. So, the, so it's like relearning everything again for me. Yeah. And um, I don't know. My background, if for those of you who don't know, I did come from uh, being a personal trainer in my early 20s. So I have a lot more. Yes, of course. I don't know. I'm well more equipped to produce a workout without the gym. Yes. Um, yes. So even like, I, I think we have the same set of. Uh, resistance bands that can mm. hook up to the top of your door frame or right. the bottom of your door frame. Um, but like for me, when I see that, like that just opens up endless possibilities for workouts. Whereas, you know, you said you need to relearn how to use some yes. of these pieces. Yes. Yeah. But so you said that you started running. Yeah. That's something that would be great during this time. Mm-hmm. And I used to run outdoors and just, in general, pretty regularly. Um, but since this quarantine has happened, or actually the last episode I talked about this, I had knee surgery that I'm still kind yeah. of recovering from. So yeah. I don't know if I would be able to handle a distance run, especially outdoors, because you know pavement is a lot more damaging and hard on your knees than a treadmill or even a track, mm-hmm. at, like a track and field. So I don't know if I'd be open to trying that yet. So what I've been doing, I like I said, I have the bands that you have. Yeah. But and I'm a big advocate for this. In no way, obviously, this is not a paid advertisement. But I goes. fell in love with this Nike training app. Ah. Um, it's actually called Nike Training Club. 
But I'm so surprised at how versatile this little app is. You Once you open it, you can click around and search workouts based on a number of different things. So you can like pinpoint body parts. Uh, you can pinpoint the type of workouts you want to do. Do you want to do a strength-based one? Do you want to do an endurance-based? You can say the level of equipment you have. So there's a number of workouts on there that you can do with zero equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of flexibility on the types of workouts. And the biggest thing that I was surprised at is just the number of workouts that are on here. Yeah. Um, there's dozens, if not even hundreds of workouts uh, within this app. And it's free. There is a premium uh, version of the app where you can like unlock uh, I don't know, premium workouts. Mm. But I think during this time, like a lot of companies are are doing, they're lifting that paid premium portion and letting everybody access the premium workouts for free. Yeah. So I've been I, I doing did look a at lot this of app. these Nike ones. Yeah. Yeah, you sent this to me and I did take a look at it. And it is good. Um, uh, we're kind of at opposite ends of the spectrum on these things. Right? So like... <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like anything else where, like, you know a lot about it. So you can look at these things at a glance and have an idea of what they're doing, what they're emphasizing, what works for you, what mm. doesn't work, what's ineffective, uh, you know. And 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 just like everything else uh, with fitness and nutrition and all that stuff, there seems to be a lot of um, uh, opposing views on what's good. You know what I mean? So, like, if, you, if you're doing a certain exercise, you can find... Uh, information on both sides saying like do it this way don't do it this way and vice versa right like don't don't bend your elbows like that when you do this but then someone else will tell you no you should totally bend your elbows when you do it. Mm-hmm. so it's like it's hard for i think people like me who are just like i just want to do the thing i i don't have any information beyond that to make a, a sound judgment so i've been i know i've been gravitating towards these things where it's like it's a quick 10 minute core thing right so it's not too intense right. Or it is intense, but it's only for ten minutes, so you feel like mm-hmm. you can get you can get through this thing. Um, but going beyond that, I haven't really pushed too far yet, so I'll have to take a look. But I like I don't know. I think it's a lot of its motivation at this point too, with everything that's going on, yeah. uh, and then being kind of kind of tired all the time now. It feels like <laughs> uh, it's hard for me to get into that mood where I think for the gym, physically going to the gym puts you. Oh, in it's that. a huge part. It's a huge part yeah. of it. So for me to be like, I'm working right here at my desk and now I'm going to turn around and do these resistance bands. It feels (laughs) odd. And so I think the running helps like leaving, going outside, total change of scenery. Um, I know I sleep better if I do that run. I don't really even run that far, but it's just an excuse to get out and and do something. And then I'm just cursing everybody I see on the street. (laughs) (laughs) Is this uh, mentally or (laughs) actually... I have my headphones on, so I think I do scream like, fuck. But uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if how far you run. So you do live very close to me. But the yeah. park across the street from my house, yeah, they um, they put up signs now. And they actually, they have, so there's like baseball diamonds. There's mm-hmm. basketball courts and soccer fields. But they actually removed the rims from the basketball courts. Yeah. So like you cannot play basketball there right right right. Um, and then they recently put up signs uh at the head of some of the the trails or like the paths that you know i'm going to paraphrase here but essentially it's you can walk around the trails uh but maintain distance and 
don't do anything else. So like no uh, team sports and Mm -hmm. nothing else like that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see all these little changes happening. Like, you know, literally in my backyard, like right outside my front door, there's this big park that used to be crowded almost on a daily basis. And now it's, it's actually, there's still a lot of traffic, but it's in a different way. Yeah. Um, so like there's a high school right by us here. I don't even know what the name of it. It's like uh, down the street from me here. Is that it? They have a track and I wish they'd open that, but I get why they won't open that because they can't control obviously the number of people and people will definitely do it. People are still on there. Like people are jumping the fence or or whatever. Um, but I wish there was something like that where I could go and run. So I've been trying to test different times. Like I end up going right around dinner time because just because of work and stuff. But that seems to be the worst time. Everybody <laughs> seems to be out walking then. Cause I think cause it's getting a little bit cooler at night or, or just, it's a, I don't, I don't know, know. It, like when a good time would be because the world is so weird where the majority of people are home all day. So it's not like, you know, normally you would see a flux of people before and after work. Right. But now that everybody's home, I don't know. There's probably a large percentage of people that are out exercising or riding their bikes um, at any hour of any given day. I saw a um, they do all these computer simulations about how, like, you know, when you sneeze, here's, you know, oh, the, yeah. the green dots represent <laughs> the grossness coming out of your mouth. So they were showing this thing like when you're running. And because you're you're exerting yourself and you're breathing a lot heavier, and so not even um, sneezing or coughing, just from your normal breathing at an exercise level, they show this cloud you leave behind you. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That's like running with uh, an aerosol thing, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like if you just spray, I don't know, bug yeah. spray or whatever, it's you're going to literally see the cloud. Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing the same thing. So it's disgusting to show yeah. like the person running behind you what they're running. And so like <laughs> six feet obviously doesn't apply here. You've got to be like not downwind. You've got to be like way behind the person. Otherwise, you're just getting yeah. the most disgusting cloud of it. It's just. Do ugh. you run with a mask on? I don't. Uh, so, that is so I'm curious. I see people on bikes and running with them and like that's great. But. I like going to the supermarket with a mask on. I have a hard time breathing. I can't imagine doing any sort of exercise with a mask on. Yeah. Like the minute I put that mask on, it's like snorkeling. I start breathing harder than I. Oh, yeah. You can feel like the heat coming off. It feels (laughs) like you're just rebreathing your same air and your the same breaths. So what I thought was interesting was the one of the metaphors the doctor made was uh, or a doctor on TV was making was like, it's think of it like cigarette smoke like how wherever you are you can kind of smell that cigarette smoke quite a ways away and you have mm-hmm. to think of it as that is like the the virus in the in the air that mm. you know you don't have to be standing right next to the the guy who's smoking <laughs> to know that someone is smoking so do they say what the coronavirus scent was so look out for that <laughs> yeah. madagascar vanilla that's the scent. <laughs> no i don't know um how you know that's why to me everything seems gross, right? Like you go down the list of precautions they're telling you to take, everything is gross. We're all gonna get it. And you just hope <laughs> you don't die. Right? Like uh, they're like, oh, it can stay on surfaces forever when you touch your phone. And uh it just makes me uh super paranoid. <laughs> um but you've been working out 
in overdrive, you've said, right? Like you've been doing, you've been better about it since you've been home. Oh my God. So because like we, I don't have access to a gym where, you know, in my head, like lifting weights is the, like, that's the preferred method of working out, I guess, for me at least. Yeah. So anything that isn't that I feel like is a lesser than workout. Like it's not as effective. Like, right. And I, I don't, I, I know saying this, I know that that is actually not true. Right, or, right, right, right. It's just like a mental thing within yep. me. So yep. because of that, I go and do these home workouts like in overdrive t- mm. to try and match what I think would be like the equivalent in an actual gym. Mm. Are so, you um, like rigorous about this? Like, is it like, okay, at three o'clock I stop working and I do my workout for Oh, the timing or? is all over the place. So like when this first started, I was really good about like first thing I do before I uh, work or get ready for work is work out. Yeah. So I'd get up at like seven, have a light breakfast and I'd be working out by like 730. Um, and then <laughs> as this progressed, I just got a little bit lazier and lazier I'm still doing a workout every day, but it's turned into like there's no consistency in terms of the timing of said workout. Mm. Um, but what I and I'm trying to figure out like how this whole at home workout thing works. But yeah. early on, what I figured out works for me, um, you know, it's really easy to get tired and cut a workout short. It's like, yep. oh, I thought I was going to do this, but. And I'm getting tired, so I'm just going to stop here. I will either commit to doing X number of those Nike training yeah. workouts. Yeah. So let's say like I'll go through and pick two or three 10 to 20 minute workouts, and then that'll be my entire workout for the day. I'll just do one, then go straight into the next one, and then straight into another. Like mentally committing to mm-hmm. doing these up front, it's... I can't quit because I mentally committed to doing this whole thing, right? So another version of that is I will write down my workout and then I'll mentally commit to what I wrote on the page. Mm. So early on, I I had no idea how long some of these exercises would take. Like, you know, I'm saying, oh, I'm going to do 15 reps of push-ups and then I'm going to do this exercise and I'm going to do the 10 sets of this. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like in theory, it's like, okay, that'd be a decent workout and I might estimate an hour and then I'm doing it and I look at the clock and I'm exhausted and it's like two and a half hours later. Oh my gosh. So I would like way bite off way more than I can chew uh, or that I should be doing. But like, it, so it's good and bad. You probably shouldn't be working out that crazily for that extended of a period. Um, but because I hmm. mentally committed to this thing, it forced me to not cut the workout short. I think that is the difference right there. I think that is that is huge. Uh, you've been doing this for the majority of your life now, actually. Um, and I think that's mm. the huge. I am the exact opposite. I would get to the <laughs> point where I'm like, oh, I've been doing so much and I'm exhausted. I look, it's been 10 minutes. You know, so I'm like <laughs> the opposite end of the spectrum where I should probably do a lot more than I'm doing. But there's something, I don't know, like it's, I think for you, like the, having that challenge set forth, like a clear challenge right. set forth, that makes sense. And then you kind of, you don't think about it because you know what you're going to do next. And yeah, this is the end and this is the beginning. For me, that would be like having somebody else there. So like when we would go to the gym and you'd say, well, here's what we're going to do, it made it 
so much easier for me because I didn't have to guess or figure out right. or like, am I doing this right or should I be doing this the other way? And then I would do more if someone's there watching you. I mean, not mm-hmm. just because you're getting encouraged, but just because somebody else is there. And so you feel motivated. Almost obligated to, do it. to yeah. 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 Or you're not going to just give up or someone's going to question, well, why did you stop there? You know, whereas mm-hmm. if you're by yourself, no one gives a shit what you're doing. They want I the think machine. that. Uh, so I've told you this a number of times. My whole perspective on working out is there's no one right way to work out for anybody. Right, so right. what I've learned during this time for me, what works is setting a goal or a workout ahead of time and just mentally committing to that. And no matter what, I'm going to finish what is on this paper. That works out for me during quarantine. Running seems to be working for you. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening here that have their own form of exercising that they've kind of adapted during these weird times. Um, so by no means am I saying that my method is the method. And if you're doing anything else, you're wrong. No, no, Um, no, no. I don't think that comes across. I think a lot of people, the, this is, this is an interesting time and it's kind of fun, at least for me to sort of experiment with these workouts and figure out like a nice balance of Mm. what works for my lifestyle and just the way the work, my workload is right now. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun and unique challenge. Uh, but yeah, but I think that's the same for, uh, like doing work too, for me creatively, uh, like, and it makes more sense to me because this is something that I have my head wrapped around. I have a sense of it with the gym stuff. I feel much more like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, people can tell you what to do, but you're just trusting that Mm. what they're saying is correct. I don't have a, like, there's nothing innate about doing so many reps and doing so much weight. And then that, so everything's like guesswork for me. Whereas with work, it's the same kind of discipline. So like if I have, like, I'm doing a lot of children's books, right? Uh, All I do is I, once I get the assignment and the due date, I, I go, okay, you have so many days to, you know, you have 20 days to do this whole book. You work backwards from that and say, you got to finish at least one page a day in order to hit this deadline. And then um, from there, I can base it on, well, if I get three done today, that frees up the next two days and I can do mm. it. Like that kind of thing works for me really well there. Like I almost have to do it. Whereas if I don't keep it in my head, if I don't track it physically like that, uh, mm. it can get a little crazy at the end where all of a sudden I'm looking at the calendar and going like, hey, when is this book? When is this due? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then it's panic and stuff like that. So especially now as I've gotten busier, I have to literally plan out the same way that you do, I think, for like a, an exercise. Like so that right. when you start the day, you know, I need to get two pages done. It's not like, well, maybe I'll you know, slack off today. You know that if you slack off today, it's going to put you, you're going to have to do twice as much work tomorrow. So yeah. I think that's a lot actually, of that's that, a good analogy to put yeah, it, into it applies terms that. Our listeners yeah. might actually, but <laughs> you have a like for me, like because I know how I work and everything. Just like it's the same for you with workouts. Like I know how much I can kind of get done in a day, mm-hmm. uh, and, I, and I can look at it and say like, okay, that's going to take me. You know, I have to draw five cars on this city scene. It's going to take. That's going to take one whole day. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like that for you, I think, where you you have an understanding of your abilities and like what's pushing you and what's not, and and I think you enjoy it a lot more than I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I, it all applies across the board. All right. So I'm going to, this is my last topic for oh. this episode. Okay. Um, we, this is actually more related to you. So you came up with this in-house artist. Uh, I, I think challenge is the is a weird way yeah, to describe this. It uh, is. But it's a, a, more of a prompt, I mm-hmm. guess, um, where 
every so many days you'd come up with a new prompt in this series uh, to, I don't know, I, I see it as a way to encourage people to stay active with their creative works. Yep. But do you want to talk a little bit more about like, how did you come up with this idea? And obviously it has to do with the quarantine, right? You're trying to get people, yeah. I don't know, motivated to do something. But where did this whole idea come from? Um, so we did Quickie Mickey, which we're kind of in the middle of right, well, not the middle of it, but we just kind of, we're doing Quickie Mickey right now. And that started about two years ago, I think, when I first did that. Mm -hmm. And that was really fun, I thought. Like, I loved seeing different people's takes on something what's good about the quickie mickey thing and what i'm finding with these drawing um, prompts is that because it's the same thing and it's such a well-known character mickey like it's great like people's first thought is to do kind of a different take and that's mm -hmm. what i love seeing like and it's a simple thing like you can draw three circles and say it's mickey and, and everyone gets that and that's fine um but then you can go very elaborate like just recently um our our um what's his name uh, dave prior dave did prior yeah oh, he did yeah. that amazing mickey animation where i'm like okay that that thing exists simply because i did this quickie mickey thing right like yeah he could have done it on his own eventually but he chose to do that for this thing and so like that's exciting for me to see now most of these things people aren't knocking it out of the park every time that's fine i think it's just as interesting to see all the different skill levels or especially when kids do it so that's kind of what I wanted to do with the prompts, but I'm finding that the prompts are a little too general. Like it's more interesting if we all had to draw the same character or the same thing. I've been keeping it pretty neutral to have as many people uh, join Participate, in. yeah. Yeah, because if I said, okay, everybody draw He-Man, well, it's a bit, eh, I don't like He-Man. I'm not going to draw He-Man. Like I didn't want that to be the case. So I'm trying different things just to, to see what it works. And there's sort of like a core group that keeps doing these over and over mm. again, which is great. Or people jump in when they either they have time or they, they like the prompt um, or they're posting old work, which is not really the point, but <laughs> that's fine. However you want to um, participate and stuff, that's fine. To me, it's just a way of sort of engaging with people and having people do something and draw and, and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, but we'll see. I've gotten kind of lazy with it this week. So <laughs> we'll see how much. I think it has to be specific. Like for you, what would make you want to do it? Just I, if you're so, interested in the prompt or? Yeah, that'll be it. And like, so even beyond that, if I'm interested in the prompt and like a compelling concept comes to mind, you know, without spending a lot of time doing this because it's supposed to be light and fun. Yeah. The minute that you s sit down and try and research this prompt, like then it, it defeats the purpose. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the whole thing with the quickie Mickey, like I, I think you've nominated me every year. I've done it once. Of course. And like I have ideas, but there is, for me, there is no such thing as quick. Like I can't do any sort of creative endeavor quickly. It, it's, I think I can't shrink an idea down to be quick. I always, <laughs> I tend to go like larger than life and like pie in the sky sort of ideas. So it's difficult for me to look at this quickie Mickey prompt and be like, okay, one, exactly what you said. Like I want to do somewhat of a different take on Mickey. And in order for me to do that, it's would be um, basically impossible to do that quickly. So, yeah, I mean, I get that. Like, so that's the good and the bad. I think, I think that's the challenge of a lot of these kinds of things, right? Like today, even just today, Shag posted one. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, to see Shag post one 
is amazing. But I think it controversial also controversial one too. Yeah, you did, which is great. <laughs> I was surprised. But um, I think that sometimes can intimidate people too, right? So like, if Shag's doing it, suddenly they're like, "Well, I don't. I'm not going to do it. Why would I do? It? You know, why would mm. anyone want to see mine if Shag's doing it or if these other um, artists are doing it that are, are well known?" But um, like, I think what he did is is perfect, right? It's a very different take and it shows you just how wide a like a breadth there is to explore there and do some fun things and like for someone like you where you say it's difficult to to do something quickly i think that would be the challenge for you not obviously you can draw mickey mouse or cut him in paper or do all this stuff but the challenge is do something quick and sort of get comfortable with that go with the flow like you know it's mm. just a quick basic mickey i'm tossing off um i think that like especially from someone like you where we're used to seeing these very finished intricate pieces to see something very quickly would be interesting. Mm. Maybe it's self-conscious for you, but I think for the audience, Definitely. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's nice to see uh, people doing something different than what they normally do. But then like I said, like Dave's animation was just, I mean, you would never ask for that. Like, Oh, that, and that was someone could, Disney thing, could buy that, right? Like that'd another be thing awesome. that was cool about that. It's so unique in, it was like, uh, a conceptual piece too. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a literal Mickey animation or drawing. Yeah. It was so, uh, well, I'll have to like repost or reshare this when this episode comes out. Cause it, it it's such a cool. I, what's interesting to me bit. too, is like, it's even feels different for him. It's not mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is what he does all the time. I mean, I know right. he is an animator, but this style and this sort of liquid approach to it was something yeah. I don't think we've seen from him before. So that's, I think yeah, so the really the core if you were to put all the pieces together and have just the Mickey illustration that mm-hmm. is his style but the way right. he animated it together yes. is yeah definitely um new at least from what I've seen within his work is new to to him. It's neat too if you slow that thing down a little bit and kind of look at it frame by frame um it, each point you can still tell it's Mickey which is pretty cool I mean yeah, at a certain point oh but yeah yeah you just get the colors and certain things in, in place mm-hmm. and you can already tell it's Mickey and it looks it looks fantastic so I think like if you get one or two of those each year out of this mm-hmm. thing that to me is like worth doing I mean not that I have to do anything right? I just post this thing and then repost <laughs> everybody else's stuff but um, it's exciting to me to see who we can get to do it every yeah. year so yeah I people, love that I, I'm really interested in this idea too where you have a like one prompt or even like let me see your take on this character just to see what comes out of the same yep. ask yep. so you know you i kind of got that in a similar way with curating different art shows but yep. this is so specific to mm-hmm. a character um it's it's amazing it's so much fun to see what comes out of all of these different creatives from the same ask. Yeah, no, Mickey's old enough and he's been through so many iterations anyway. I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of room there where people recognize the, just the very basic things. Like it's too hard with some of these other things, I think. So it has to be something like, I don't know, I was trying to think of other prompts that would work in the same. It has to be something like Santa Claus or something like that, right? Where there's like, you've got this wide variety of approaches um, but you're not tied down. Like if you pick somebody like Charlie Brown or something like that, it's such a stylized thing already. It looks too odd to stylize this this very stylized character. It doesn't look like him yeah. anymore. And he's had a few facelifts over the year, but f- it's at the core, it's kind of always looked the same. It's just little tiny variations, right? Um, but nothing dramatic. Like Mickey's had some relatively dramatic 
changes over the years. Yeah. And it, but Mickey's so almost graphic designy, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like playing with the elements like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of some other ways to approach it and let this Mickey thing run out a little bit. And then maybe I'll come back to it with a more specific thing. I know people are surprisingly bad about nominating other people to do it. That's where it falls apart. Like <laughs> I was actually, I wanted to nominate Dave. So he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to nominate Dave, Mike and Cole and all three of them have done something already. So. I know. I know. So every time I pick, like I'll try to pick some big people to do it and see, just see what happens. See if they'll respond. Cause yeah. you know, at worst they don't, which is fine. I, you know, I get that, but uh, it's curious to see who will and again, Mickey, feel, I feel like people, especially artists, feel like, oh, I could draw Mickey, right? Like, mm-hmm. even if you don't have to be a Disney guy to be able to, like, I can draw Mickey. Right. Or you yeah. take some wise-ass approach to it, which is often fun. Did you see the Drive one? I thought yes, that was great. That like, was that cool. kind of stuff. I'm like, I want to see more of that kind of stuff than just, a, yeah. you know, sorcerer hat. Okay. I probably would, if I were to do a literal quickie, Mickey, uh, I probably would come up with something graphic like you did the Oh Boy, Obey parody. Mm, Yeah, exactly. I feel like I would gravitate towards something like that as opposed to like my own caricature of this character. Yeah, yeah. I know. I was thinking of like trying to collect them somehow because it's neat to see them side by side or like a a group of them or like a Mm -hmm. grid. Um, just to see the the different takes and everything, but yeah, I, I'm just being lazy about it. So, <laughs> and I don't want to ask people for files or anything. I want right. to figure out an easy way to just sort of. Well, I mean, not that they'd even oppose to it, but that it is a layer of work and time yeah. investment that goes into collecting these, and yeah. So, um, but we'll see. Is what it is. I in my head, I have plans to do one, but who knows? The problem is that like once I sit down to do it, like now it's been a week since you started it. I'm like, oh fuck, it's it's too late. Nobody's into it anymore. I it's lost, funny though, like I I've, I've found since we did the first one, people just randomly do it now. Like oh yeah, they'll just do it like throughout the year. They'll <laughs> yeah, do it, yeah, like you do it every April, and it's yeah. supposed to be like around mid-April. Yep. But like they'll be posting it in December or something. Yep. Yeah, it'll just randomly pop up because I follow the hashtag. So it, it mm. pops up in my feed every time someone does one, which is great. I love it. I love that it's like a phrase. It becomes like a phrase or something like that. Or if you mm. just want to do your own take on it. So, so. clever too. I'm yeah. surprised that you were the first one to jump on to that. I know. I know. So yeah, I hope I hope we continue to do it. I mean, it did drop. It's been dropping off a, a little bit, but we are getting new people every year, which is which is great. Mm-hmm. And then some people like Dave take it like a challenge to do something different than they did previously. And I think that's, that's fantastic, but everybody's busy. So I'm just happy that people participate yeah. when they do. And I certainly don't want to turn it into a contest or anything <laughs> that there's any motive to, to do this other than you just want to do this thing, you know? Right. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. All righty. So that is our first episode, our first quarantine formatted episode I am always awful with, again, timing. I yep. don't know how long a workout's going to take. I thought this was going to be like a 30-minute episode. We're already over an hour. Uh, I'm fine with that. We'll see if um, the next episodes, if we can answer these three questions a little bit quicker. Uh, but we'll see. Anyways, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you later. <laughs>